He wrote every word that's in the Bible. And then he came to earth as the living word. But without your spirit, we cannot see. If we just use our human understanding, we cannot understand. As you lead us into the fullness of your life, we pray the Holy Spirit may open our eyes. The eyes of our heart that we may see your will and your plan for us. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, our subject continues to be life and life abundantly. I'd like for us to turn to John chapter 10 and read verse 9 and 10. Jesus is talking to the many Jewish people who feel like they don't have a shepherd. And Jesus is telling them, I am the good shepherd. It's through me that you receive abundant life. And so we have these words, beginning in verse 9 of, Hebrew, of John chapter 10. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then if you'll go to John 15, I just want to read one verse, verse 16. Now John 15 is the chapter where Jesus talks about how important it is to abide in him as the vine and the branch. And in verse 16 he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would abide, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. 16节,不是你们拣选了我,是我拣选了你们,并且分派你们去结果。叫你们的果子长存，使你们奉我的名，无论向父求什么，他就赐给你们。And then finally, as we begin, we want to look in Matthew chapter seven.我们再来看马太福音第七章。And here Jesus is talking about life in the kingdom of God.这里讲到在国度里面的生活。As you know, life in the kingdom of God is not automatic.我们知道在父神的国里面，这生活不是一种天然的生活。it involves us being servants of the king. And so in verses 13 and 14, Jesus says something very stunning. 
Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. There are many who enter through it, but the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. 七章十三节，你们要进窄门，因为引到灭亡，那门是宽的，入是大的，进去的人也多。引到永生，那门是窄的，找着的人也少。Many brothers have already been sharing on this matter of abundant life.啊，许多的弟兄们已经分享到关于更丰盛的生命。And we know that one of the great illustrations in the Bible is that our salvation is living water. 我们也知道，在圣经里面讲到我们救恩的福，最好的图画就是活水。We have abundant life because the living waters flow from Calvary's mountain.我们有这个丰盛的生命，乃是因为从加略山流下这个活水。The Bible makes it clear that eternal life comes only through Christ.圣经很清楚地告诉我们，救恩只从基督而来。If you'll remember in First John chapter five, verses eleven and twelve. John says the record is this, that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So he who has the Son has life. So he who has eternal life hasn't found a religion. They haven't joined the church. They found Christ. And he who has the Son has life. Isaiah predicted that the waters of salvation that would satisfy our thirst would, would come from the Lord. 就是以赛亚，他也预言我们会从主那里得到这个令人满足的生命。The wonderful chorus we sing from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. It says, "Therefore, with joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation, and in that day you will say, Hallelujah.'以赛亚书十二章三四节，所以你们必从救恩的泉源欢然取水。” so this is talking about drinking eternal living waters. You remember how Jesus promised this to that woman at the well of Samaria? In John chapter 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well. In verse 10, he makes the first statement. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him for a drink, and he would give, have given you living waters. 第四章第十节，耶稣回答说：“你若知道神的恩赐和对你说‘给我水喝的’是谁，你必早求他，他也必早给了你活水。”Now in the Bible days, living water was special. 在圣经那个年代，活水有特别的意义。You know, you could have a cistern and have water in it, and you draw from the water from the well. 
But living water was when there was fresh, a fresh spring of water. So it wasn't dead water. You, dead water makes you thirsty again. But a spring of fresh water satisfies your thirst, Jesus said. But the woman wasn't sure what Jesus meant, so again in verse 13 he mentions this. So Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give it will become in him a well of living water springing up to eternal life. There are many wonderful gospel hymns that says, All my life long I had thirsted. And what's the chorus of that song? Hallelujah, I have found him. We drink of the eternal living waters of Jesus. Now when it comes to this eternal life, there's a door into this life. We remember we read it just a moment ago in John chapter 10. Jesus is the door. He's always the door to life. If we're to grow in our spiritual life, it's always through the door of Jesus. But even at salvation, he says there in verse 9 of John 10, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, how do we open the door of Jesus? The Bible is very clear. How do we open that door? Do we beat it down? Do we push it open? No, you turn, and that turning is called repentance. Repentance turns the knob that opens the door of Jesus you remember one time Peter went and spoke in the house of a Gentile named Cornelius and he was preaching there and while he was preaching there the rivers of living water came down and those men those men and women were filled with the Holy Spirit though they were Gentiles it was the first time this ever happened 所以當他還在講到的時候,聖靈就從天降下降到了外邦人當中,是第一次發生在外邦人外邦人身上。Now Peter said praise the Lord.那彼得就說,哦,讚美主。So you know then he went home and he had trouble.但是當他回去的時候,他就有問題了。He has to explain what happened to the elders.因為他回去就要向那些長老們報告所發生的事。Now you know looking around here, the elders are always tough. 
你知道这些做长老的他们都是很严肃的。You saw how tough Sigmund was this morning.像今天早晨你们看施敏弟兄是何等的严肃。Peter had to say, look, I, I was just preaching the gospel, and I didn't do anything, but the Holy Spirit came down and flooded them with this living water.所以保罗就跟他，呃，彼得就跟他们解释说，其实我只是在传福音，然后讲着讲着，圣灵就从天降下，浇灌了他们，好像活水充满了他们。now in Acts chapter 11 verse 18 we find out what the elders had to say what did they say they say no 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 that can't be Peter you're a fisherman your doctrine is wrong the elders said oh It says, and when they heard this, they quieted down, and they glorified God, saying, Well, then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. So repentance is that door, that turning of the doorknob that opens to eternal life. Now I think many of you already know a Christian secret. If you want more and more life as a Christian, repentance is often the door that leads to more life. So, our brother Lucio gave a very picturesque message last week. I hope you were here. He talked about the children of Israel coming out through the Red Sea and into, uh, eventually into the Promised Land. And the Red Sea, coming through the Red Sea of baptism, is a testimony that we've been saved and that taste the living waters. I wonder how many of you know the hymn, Far, Far Behind Me. And then the fourth verse it says, I've crossed the Red Sea of his death. And left it all far behind. So that's the first time we experience living water. And Lucio talked about how we came out from Egypt and we were saved. By the precious blood of the Passover lamb, the children of Israel were saved. And now, they could drink the water from the rock. You remember, they traveled through the wilderness, but everywhere they went, they saw that rock. The rock which Moses struck, and out came the living water. And then they found manna on the ground every day. 
Now they're free from Egypt. They're drinking living water. eating the manna every day. Whosoever believes has eternal life. They have freedom from Egypt. Hmm. But did Lucio tell us they were free? Now why why were the children of Israel so grumpy in the wilderness? It's the same reason that you're a grumpy Christian. That you're living in the wilderness, not the promised land. I mean, forty years every morning. Kanji. <laughs> so miserable. And they think back, oh, remember Chinese New Year back in Egypt? Oh, we had the leeks and the onions. They were murmuring and they complaining. Moses is no good. God is no good. Aaron is no good. Well, now they were saved. Saved from the death of Egypt. But you hardly call that living when you're living in the wilderness. Now God gave them those special Chinese slippers that didn't wear out for 40 years. <laughs> and you were wearing some of those, right? <laughs> but you know, they had to go through another doorway into more life. What's the second doorway? The Jordan River. Oh, that's the only way to get into the Promised Land. There's water again. But this time, they had to go through the waters of the cross. That's why Christians aren't happy. They're saved because Jesus died on the cross. But they don't realize they've been crucified with Christ. And that now it's Christ's life that lives within them. Oh, what a difference and a freedom this is. You remember Lucio told the story. Ah, what a good preacher he is. And he was talking about those children in the wilderness. And he said, according to Hebrews chapter 4, the writer said in verse 9, There remains therefore a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So we could say it this way. They were saved and they were drinking living waters. But they did not rest. So restless in the flesh. Until they came to the Jordan River. Until they came to Christ crucified. 
And listen how the writer defines coming into rest. Now you remember they were in the promised land. How do we come into rest? Well, verse 10 of Hebrews 4 tells us. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Now, in that simple verse, there's actually three rests mentioned. Because you see, if you follow that whole passage in Hebrews 4, first we understand that after six days of creation, God rested. And then secondly, when Christ died on the cross, when he said, it is finished, he rested. And now there's a third rest. We must rest from our own works. Our own busyness. He who comes into rest has entered, has, has rested from his works, as Christ did from his as God did from His. Now, how do we rest? I mean, we're still on this earth. I think maybe too many of you work more than 40 hours a week. How can you possibly rest? But you see, if we realize that Christ is our life, we can rest while we're working. Lucio took us back to Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So there is a second supply of living waters. And it's not found in the wilderness, but it's found in the promised land of rest. There we abide where there is abundance of milk and honey. But what do we discover once we realize we've been crucified with Christ? We find a new source of living water. Now it's not a source to drink and satisfy our thirst like salvation. It's a source of living water that flows out from within. You remember how Jesus stood up on that wonderful day, the final day of the Feast of Tabernacles? And he said, Now if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. That's our salvation. But then he goes on to say, He who believes in me, as the scriptures say, 
out of his inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. 然后他就说，那啊。Um, John seven thirty-eight. Ah, John Evangelist,ah,七章三十八节。信我的人就如经上说，从他腹中要流出活水的江河来。You see, we came to Jesus, the Living Rock, and we drank of this well of salvation. 我们知道，我们来到基督那里，从这磐石取那救恩的泉源。But Jesus didn't just come to give us life; He came to give us abundant life. Now, how is water water going to flow out of your belly? That's what the Bible says. It's going to flow out of your belly. Obviously, this is a picture. Now, the only way it will flow out of your belly is if you are satisfied with the fullness of Christ. 唯一能够使我们腹中流出这活水江河的，乃是因为我们自己已经完全满足于基督的生命。Then whoever else is thirsty around you, just open your belly button, and how come the living water? 所以你碰到那些干渴的人，你就从你的腹中可以流出水来给他们。Because see, here's what it said: that Jesus was speaking about the Holy Spirit, that those who believed in Him were to receive. 所以这里三十九节说，耶稣这话是指着信他之人要受圣灵说的。Ah, uh, a spirit-filled life. 这就是圣灵充满的一个生活。Walking not by the flesh, but by the spirit. 不是靠着肉体而行，而是靠靠着圣灵而行。Then the spirit overflows us with Christ and gives us even more to flow out to others. 圣灵使基督在我们的生命里面满溢出来，甚至能够供给别人。You see the picture. Even as Jesus, even as Jesus was speaking, living waters flowing out of His innermost being. 当耶稣在那里向人讲话的时候，那生命就从他的内里面流露出来。That's why our tough elder brother Xi Ming， 啊<笑>、uh, ，就是我们像我们严肃的思敏弟兄。He says, "Wake up, spirit, and worship him, spirit, and in truth, these waters come out." 他就能够向我们说，你们要用心灵和诚实来敬拜，这个生命就流露出来。Now, so here we are. 所以我们在这里。We drank of the living waters. Now we overflow with the living waters. This is wonderful life. And most Christians are happy just to get there. To be saved. To dwell in the promised The blessed life of milk and honey. But many never wonder if there isn't something more. And I want to share with you this morning, there's something more. There's no doubt how much the Lord has blessed us. None of us are worthy of His abundant life. But there is something unless we see, we don't enter into even a deeper, fuller life. 但是有一些要让我们看见的一个更深、更丰富的生命。And there's a new door. 并且还有一扇新的门。And if we don't love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we won't ever see the door. 
并且，如果我们不是全尽心、尽性、尽意爱主我们的神，我们也看不到这扇门。Because as Jesus said, it's a narrow door. It's small, and the way is narrow to lead to life. Once again, there's even more life ahead. 因为主耶稣说，这是窄门，这是一条，这是门是窄的，路是小的，找着的人也少。And Jesus says, few are they who find. 找着的人也少。It leads to life， 但是它引到永生。But, but not eternal life. We have eternal life from the moment we open the door to Jesus。这里应该说不是说引到永生，因为我们已经有永远的生命，而是引到这个生命。It's not the exchanged life that is Christ in me as our abundant life, which is true as well。这也不是讲到说我们那与主交换的生命得着丰盛的生命。So there's a mystery here. So here, there's a mystery about this fuller life. Understand, you received eternal life when you came into Christ. So we're saying, you received eternal life when you came into Christ. Any man in Christ is a new creation. And then you received more life when you realized Christ was in you. 然后你又经历更多的生命，当你意识到基督在你里面。But there's still a larger life. 但是还有一个更大的生命。It's a life, but it's not your life. 是一个生命，但不是你的生命。There's something much larger beyond us that we were created for. 这是一个比我们受造的时候更大的生命。It brings us beyond our own life. 它带我们越过了我们自己的那个生命。It expands us beyond our own life and our own blessings and our own family. 它超过我们自己的生命，超过我们的家庭，我们所所有的。This new life. 这是一个新的生命。Brings us in to His eternal purpose. 把我们带到他永远的旨意里面。What kind of life is? 这是一个什么样的生命 ？How do we describe the life? 我们怎么形容它呢 ？Well, this morning to introduce it, if I might. I want to use a phrase and keep it before you. Ah,、uh, 今天早晨讲我讲的时候，我想用一个一个词来说。Even Jesus had to enter into God's eternal purpose. 就说，即使基督他也需要进入神永远的旨意。You realize, of course, before he was ever born, he was part of God's eternal plan. 当然你会说，他还没有出生以前，他就是在神永远的旨意里面。But he had to grow up as a baby. He had to learn at the temple as he asked questions. He had to learn obedience by obeying his parents. But when did he come fully into God's eternal purpose? You see, that's the key. It's when he laid down his life. And so I want to talk about entry, this narrow way, into even a greater life, when life is laid down. It sounds like such a mystery to say that the greatest life is a life laid down. 这听起来实在是一个奥秘，因为我们一面讲到是更大的生命，一面又讲到我们放下这个生命。I mean, here Jesus was at the mature age of thirty y e a r s old. 这里我们看到耶稣当他在他成熟的三十岁的时候 ，without sin， 
Doing acts of righteousness. Preaching God's gospel of the kingdom. What a life. No wonder Peter said, No, Jesus, you can't go to the cross. Because you have the greatest life we've ever seen. But Jesus says, I still have some waters of baptism to be baptized with. And he laid down his life. At the peak of his spiritual growth. Does he ask us to do the same? I mean, he's blessed us. We have people here who've been so blessed. I just received a, a, a message from our brother in Russia named Taras. Do you remember him? And he was praising God. Now, Taras comes from Ukraine. But he is serving God in Russia. But this last week, Taras's wife's father died in Ukraine. So Taras's father-in-law died in Ukraine. And because they're in Russia, they can't go to Ukraine. But Taras has a brother, you know, named Pavel, and he lives in Ukraine. And uh, actually, we have sent some money from from our fellowship here to support him during this war. So Pavel went through the dark night in Ukraine and went to the city where this uh, man had died. And what did he discover? Pavel reported back to our brother Taras in Russia. He says, you can't believe this. Three weeks before this man died, he gave his life to Jesus. He was very ill at the point of death. Some dear brother or sister came to his bedside, explained to him the salvation, and he took Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Now he has eternal life. But Taras's wife was so comforted to know that her father had gone to be with Jesus. But all of us, we, most of us here have been saved. We're drinking the wells of living water and we're saying, praise the Lord. We know that Christ's life lives within and so the waters overflow. But do we know the secret of the life laid down? With all of our blessings, all of our blessings in our family, our financial blessings, even our health that God has healed, 
Well, Jesus spoke of this life laid down. We find it especially in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 10, verse 11, I just want to point you to a few verses. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's the highest life of a shepherd. Now in the same chapter in verse 15, he continues. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Then down two verses more in verse 17. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, so that I may take it again. Now I don't know how much the disciples understood. But Jesus was telling them a great secret. Our greatest blessing in life is when it's a life laid down. Now when he was talking to the disciples in John chapter 15, he mentions this again. And he's talking about the disciples and their love for one another and his, and their love for the body of the Christians. And in John 15, 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friend. Then what did Jesus say? And you are my friends. So I lay down my life. And then would you turn to the first letter of John, chapter 3, because I want you to see that John, this was deep in John's heart. And we know in 1 John chapter 3, he's talking about what? The love of God. God is love. And so in 3.16, not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16, he says, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives Do you know this highest life? A life lived for others. A life so beautiful, laid down for others. And it isn't just laid down for others. For in John chapter 10, Jesus tells us the secret. It's true, Jesus laid down his life for brothers and sisters. 
But why? Out of love for God. Remember how he said, The Father loves me, and I love the Father, and I laid down my life it wouldn't be enough if we just laid down our lives for one another out of some sense of duty. Laying down our lives is an act of love for God. His life laid down for God's glory. Our life in Christ laid down to express God's glory. Now let me just explain by some scriptures some uh, some features of this life laid down. Now first, in a most practical way, how how do we lay down our life? Paul talks about it as he talks about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. A life laid down is a life that is Christ-minded. Now we all know this passage so well, Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took the form of a bondservant, and came in the likeness of man. And being found in the uh, appearance as man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This was the mind of Christ. To lay down his glory. To become a man. To humble himself further, become a servant of man. To die on the cross. A life laid down. Now in the Greek, this word the mind doesn't mean our mental knowledge. It means our, our attitude. Maybe in English we would say our frame of mind. He says, actually, so literally, he says, let this mindedness be in you. How can Paul say, let this mind be in you? Is he saying, okay, now pretend you have this mind that you want to lay down your life? Or is, G, or is Paul saying, now try to have the same attitude in you? No, it's not a matter of trying. 
Because Christ lives in us. It may be buried deep within our spirit. But there is the mind of Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 7, but we have the mind of Christ. And of course, again, it's not talking about we have the intelligence of Christ or the understanding of Christ, but it means we have the attitude of Christ. So Paul says, within you and me, brothers and sisters, Christ's mind is there. Let this mind be in you as you lay down your life. Now, if you've opened your Bible to Philippians 2, you realize this passage is part of a context that begins with the first verse. And what Paul is basically saying is that a life laid down is the secret to unity in the body of Christ. Have you laid down your life? Have I laid down my life? Then we no longer live for ourselves. But for him who died and gave himself for us. You see, this is the secret of unity. And Jesus showed it very practically, didn't he, in John chapter 13. Now, there's a secret to greatness in the kingdom. There's a secret to ministry in the kingdom. And what is it? When you minister, wash the disciples' feet. You remember the disciples were fighting. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Jesus says, no, no, I'll show you who the greatest is. And he was the greatest. And he bowed down, washed everybody's feet. So this life laid down, it's not by accident, it has to be deliberate, intentional, submitting as a bondservant to the Lord. You remember in the Old Testament, there was a difference made between a servant and a bond slave. What was the difference? Do you remember? Well, if you look in Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6, you'll see the secret. So there were many servants. Not so many bond slaves. In verse 5 of Exodus 21, we hear this. Now if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out as a free man, then his master shall bring him to God. And then he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost, and the master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him for the rest of his life. 
出埃及记二十一章第五节，倘或奴仆明说我爱我的主人和我的妻子儿女，不愿意自由出去，他的主人就要带他到审判官那里，又要带他到门前，靠近门框，用锥子穿他的耳朵，他就永远不是主人。So when you looked at a man and his family, and then you saw his servants. So you 看一个人，然后也看到他的仆人。And then you saw a man or a woman. 然后你看到一个人。And he had a ring in his ear. 啊，他在他的耳朵那里，这里有一个有一个洞。And you knew that this gold ring in his ear meant I am a slave of this man of my own free will. 就是他如果这个耳朵他被这个穿有一个穿的洞，你就知道他是。因此他自己的，他自愿成为那一家的奴仆。Of course, Paul was an apostle. 我们知道保罗是使徒。But more times than calling himself an apostle, he called himself a bond slave of Jesus. 但是他更常称呼他自己为啊基督的仆人奴仆。He lived in completely servitude to the Lord. And others might disagree with him and fight with Paul. But anyone who talked to Paul felt the power and authority of a bond slave whose life is laid down for Jesus. 但是凡那些与保罗有接触的人，他们都意识到，在他生命中，在他从做主的奴仆而来的那个权柄和能力。So a life laid down has only one reason. So we have this life-giving life has only one reason. Because you love the Lord and you want to glorify Him. 就是你爱神并且愿意荣耀他。You forget about yourself. 你忘记你自己。And all your blessings. 以及你所受的蒙的福。The Lord, the Lord has given you those. 主是会给你这些。But now your life is to be lived for Him. To glorify Him, and His great purposes, Jesus lived like that with the Father. He always did the things that pleased the Father. And so John tells us that in the same way, if we love the Lord and we know God's love in us. 约翰就告诉我们，如果我们爱神，神的爱也在我们里面。We know love by this, he says in that first John 3:16, that he who laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 约翰一书三章十六节，主为我们舍命，我们从此就知道何为爱，我们也当为弟兄舍命。What a noble life! 这实在是一个很何等尊贵的生命。It's the greatest life. It's a larger life. This is a larger life. Because it's not your life; it's His life. Because it's not your life; it's His life. But when you lay your life down, but when you lay your life down, you don't die. But you find yourself in a deeper, in a fuller life. But you find yourself in a deeper, in a fuller life. Again, how can I describe this life laid down? Well, the Bible gives us two pictures. 圣经给我们两幅图画。What does it mean to have a life laid down where you obey the Lord Jesus? 到底我们顺服主耶稣，舍下我们自己的生命是什么意思 ？What is that life like? 这个生命是什么样子呢 ？Surprising. 肯定能惊奇的
It's the life of a son. When we got saved, we were his little children. We were saved by his precious blood. He takes care of us. He answers our prayers. He helps us get rid of the sin in our life. So John is always writing to my little children. But God is looking for sons. Now who will lay down his life to be my son? Now what is a son? Now we have a different understanding today. But a son was somebody who obeyed his father and learned his business. Now Joseph was a carpenter. How Joseph delighted in his son Jesus. His father showed him how to plane and how to shave wood, and Jesus did a perfect job, just like his father. And I'm sure Joseph thought in his heart, one day we put a sign up on our shop, Joseph and Son Carpenter. But it never happened because the Lord laid down his life. And so when you wait, lay down your life, well, of course it says in Hebrews 12, the Lord will discipline you as with sons because he's making you into sons. So, look at those 12 disciples. In one sense, you know who they were. They were Jesus' children becoming sons. So, he had to discipline them. He had to correct them. He showed them the right way to preach. And they grew up, didn't they, the disciples, to be sons. That's what God wants from you and I. Perfect obedience to the Lord that enables Him to use us, to put us on the potter's wheel, and to shape us into His Son. And the other picture we have in the Bible of a life laid down is the term a steward of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says of stewards, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. What is a steward? Paul says, consider me a steward of the mysteries of God. Now, it, it, it explains something. When we lay down our lives, 
Now the Lord just doesn't say, okay, stay on the floor, I don't want you. When you lay down your life, he says, take it up. I have a stewardship for you. Now what's a stewardship? The Lord entrusts something to us. I got a job I want you to do. Especially you. I want you to be faithful. Now Paul, Paul was the stewardship of the mysteries of God. More specifically, Paul says, I am to take the mysteries of Christ and to explain it to Gentiles. So now, that was his stewardship to the Gentiles. Now that is some kind of son, isn't it? For Paul to be able to share the mysteries of Christ among the Gentiles. But we who lay down our lives are by God's grace given some stewardship. It may be a very little thing. Will we be faithful? You see, because now you're living for Him. In Ephesians 3, as Paul is explaining the stewardship again in verses 1 and 2, Paul says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. 我我保罗为你们外邦人做了基督，耶稣被求替你们祈祷，量费你们曾听见神赐恩给我，将关切你们的职分托付我，这是一个管，就是管家。Now he makes us a steward and gives us the grace to do whatever he asks。这里说神赐恩给我，将关切你们的职分，就是管家的职分。Whether it's large or small isn't the question, but he gives us the grace and wants us to say, "Now I'm trusting you in this." Remember this chorus we sang at the end of our meeting, Great is the Lord, so great is the Lord. But you remember the last line? You've set your hope in me. Now the Lord gives you a trust. Now you never get so old that he doesn't trust you anymore. Well, I, I take that back. When you get as old as me, maybe your mind gets a little fuzzy. The Lord says, okay, okay, you better stop. One day I may come here, but I'll be in another room where they keep people who, uh, you know, don't quite know what's going on. But is your life laid down? Maybe you're a mom and your stewardship is your kids. father and you're supposed to be the priest in your home. Now, you know, many people don't lay down their lives. Even some may try to do that in their own strength. 
but we do it by the grace of God. Maybe your stewardship is to teach the children upstairs. Maybe to be an usher or, or to clean up here. Maybe to lead a Bible study. Maybe to visit the sick, the widows. And so the body of Christ is full of stewards if we've laid down the life. And we learn the lesson of a steward. That's why we begin with such a small thing. I remember I got saved at 20 years old. Oh, I didn't know the Bible. I had a guitar. And so I, I was in a Baptist church. And I said, oh, here's a guy. He's only 20 years old. He plays guitar. I was three months old as a new birth, a new baby. And they said, you, teach the high school kids in Sunday school. I had to learn a part of the Bible every week. I didn't know. Maybe try to make up a song, you know, and sing. I think I got in a lot of trouble. But this was my first stewardship. And I came every Sunday, and the kids somehow, I didn't know yet about laying my whole life down. But you see, a steward says, I'm sorry, my life is over, I live for the Lord now. I think many of you, precious brothers and sisters, have laid down your life. Now let me warn you of the temptation of taking your life back up again. If you take your life back up again and live for yourself, you'll be miserable. You weren't made to please yourself. And if you've tasted what it's like, to live somehow touching the life of God in doing His eternal purpose, and then you take your life back up again, you have nothing. A steward has more important things to do than to make another million dollars. Unless it's so that you can serve the Lord better. Then God make you multi-million dollars. When you lay your life down, however small or large the stewardship, the Lord will give you the grace, He'll give you the gift, and He'll give you the authority that goes along with being His representative in the great work of God. This is a deeper, a larger life. 
And I have more stuff to say, but my batteries run out. <laughs> Not really, my battery is good. This battery is run out. I want to appeal to you by the mercies of God. Take all the blessings the Lord has given you in your life. And with great love and thanksgiving in your heart. Bundle it up as a present for the Lord Jesus. And say, Lord, I lay down my life only for you. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. May the Lord bless you. To find this narrow door. We have to lay down our life to slip through this narrow door. But the life, it's His life. How blessed is every man and woman who discovers this door. Let's have a few prayers. We thank for this word, indeed, the life that's laid down. Lord, you who have done that, how can we not do the same? Lord, we just pray that indeed that you would Lord, speak to all of us, that we may know what that means. Thank you again for this in Christ's name. Amen. Lord, your grace is sufficient. We have all kinds of problems and darkness. Powerful majesty hand upholding us. Go through the difficult moments. Even the pandemic, three years older. You protect us. You have done so much for us. You really treat us. We are yours. Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much. You also send so many servants in our lives. And they look like beautiful clouds around us. Beautiful testimony devoted to you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for you all have done so much for us. Lord, it's time. You have time. You let us become your bounce any moment, any day, by your counting, make you satisfied, make you happy. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. We no longer cannot waste our time. We cannot sleep anymore. We need awakening up because he's coming. His footstep outside of the door. Lord, we thank you for you all have done so much for us. And we thank you for your leading us by your pierced hands. 
your wonderful love daily showing us. Lord, you be with us. Let us completely, our life is yours. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name to pray. You are the one who obeyed the Father, came upon this earth, and were that second, were that second man, the last Adam, and you showed us the way, you laid down your life. Oh Lord, thank you. Laying down your life, you accomplished redemption. You opened this new and living way for me, the one who was the So Lord, we thank you for this word reminding us today. But this is the path of life. Lord, you lay down the life. You are so good. You are so good. You're
Lord, we do pray that your word would indeed shine in our lives, that we may lay down our lives for you and pick up our cross and follow you, that we love one another and bring forth your name, and humble ourselves so you are an example and friend to want to Thank you for this abundant life you have given us. Help us to turn to you, that we may follow you and enter by the narrow way, for that we may see the light in your word. Thank you for being our supply, that our life renewed in you and will mature in you. Thank you that we pray that you will help us to be pleasing unto you, that we live not for ourselves, but for you. We pray that you will bring glory to your name, and may the curse glorify you. Glimpse of truth thou hast for me. Open my eyes, illumine me, spirit divine, so we can really, Lord, understand how perfect, how faithful you are, this Master Lord, and that we want to bring out our lives, our stewardship, our ears for you to pierce, Lord, so we will truly know how to live this uh, laying down life, Lord, despise anything, Lord, that goes around or that we, we may um, understand of what is the Christian life, what is this life abundant that goes through us because of your life in us. So open our eyes, Lord, that we may see. In Christ Jesus we pray, Amen. Amen. Amen.